right, so last week, uh, if you were here, um, we talked about rest. And so some of you really took it to heart because there were a couple of you dozed off during my sermon. And so, so I, as a preacher, uh, as a speaker, it's really nice when people apply what you say. And so, so last week we spoke about rest, and we talked about how God, um, Jesus is our rest. And so he is our Sabbath. He is the one who is um, um, in the midst of our um, in the midst of our weariness, he invites us to himself to, to rest. And so we talked about how COVID fatigue is a real thing and how some of us are um, experiencing that. And uh, we also talked about how the invitation from Jesus is, come unto me, all you are, who are weary and heavy laden. I wanted last week's message to be very, very practical. I wanted you to walk away with something that you could use last week because many of us are tired. And uh, this week, I want it to be the very same thing. I want it to be something that's very practical, and I want it to be something that you can, uh, you can use. And I'm hoping and I'm thinking that it's going to dovetail with last week's message, because um, I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very aware, as I said last week, I'm very aware of how some of you are feeling, because I've talked to you, uh, I'm very aware of, of the, the ways that we, um, uh, that this new reality has sort of um, impacted us as people. So I'm very aware of that. Before we jump into it, I want to apologize to the kids that are here, okay? Um, we had someone lined up to do our kids' ministry this morning, and at about 9 o'clock, I got a message saying that uh, her daughter was home all night throwing up, and so... Um, we, we had someone lined up to do our kids, but she couldn't make it because of a sickness at home, and so she's at home taking, Heather is at home taking care of, of Maya, so she couldn't make it, and she says she's really, really sorry. So, um, so anyway, you, you're stuck listening to me. Is that okay? Yeah, they're, they're, I'm not convinced. Junie, I'm not convinced. <laughs> she, she looked at her mother like, Anyway, there is, uh, there's uh, quite a few fighters. Uh, these are mixed martial artists and boxers who, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is they have a scripture verse. There's a few of them have a scripture verse. One guy who's a world champion has got Philippians 4.13 tattooed across his chest. Does anyone know what Philippians 4.13 is? Yeah? I think that was you. You... Yes, the mask. Well, if you got your Bible, why don't you look up uh, Philippians 4.13 with me? It says, verse 13 says, I can do all this... Through him who gives me strength. The new King James Version says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so obviously this fighter um, ha has this tattooed across his chest because it's, it's, something, it's a verse that gives us a lot of encouragement. It reminds us that Christ is 
uh, powerful in Christ's works through our lives. I have heard at youth conventions and in youth ministries, I've even preached messages on it myself to, to, to young people about how God wants you to do great things and you can do it not through your own strength, but through the strength of Christ at work in you. And so a lot of times we talk about this verse in terms of, of the, uh, the, the things that God wants to do through you that are bigger than yourself. He will give you the strength to do it. And that's true. But I want us to look at the rest of the verses around this passage this morning because it's really interesting. Because uh, this fighter who, who, who wants to be strong, who wants to be victorious, has got Philippians 4.13 tattooed across his chest. But I'm not sure he's read the rest of it. <laughs> Maybe he has. I don't know. Starting at verse 10, it says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at the last time uh, you renewed your, that at the, let's try it again. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, Paul here is talking about, not about moving mountains or doing incredible, uh, amazing exploits for God. Paul here is talking about something very simple, something that many of us struggle with. He's talking about getting a, um, a rein on his thought life. Paul here is talking about being content. And he says, I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me because Paul understands that one of the hardest things for us as human beings is to get a rein on our minds. And you see, Paul is... Um, uh, Paul understands that uh, his contentment, his, uh, uh, his ability to look at it, whatever situation life brings him, his ability to look at it and go, uh, go, I can be content, he realizes that his ability to do that is through the power of Christ. It's almost as though being content is the, uh, one of the hardest things. Paul says, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. Right? Now, you're looking at it going, okay, Paul, it's easy for you to say. It's easy for you, Paul, to be content. Well, uh, this book to the Philippians, if you look at Acts 16, okay? Acts 16, Paul, it tells the story of Paul planting the Philippian church. See, Paul and, and the people who are with him, Silas is mentioned uh, specifically, but in Acts 16, they're, they're walking, and their intent is to go to Asia. They're going to, to Asia to, um, um, to, to preach the gospel and to, to carry, carry the gospel to Asia. But Scripture is very clear. It says that the Holy Spirit said no. And it actually says that it prevented Paul and his companions from going to Asia. And in a dream, Paul was directed to go to Macedonia. And Philippi is the chief, the, Acts tells us it the, was the chief city in Macedonia. It was Philippi. And so Paul and his companions arrive in Philippi, 
and they, um, what, what happens is uh, they start to preach, and there's a woman named Lydia who uh, was, she, she gave her heart to the Lord. She was the very first, uh, what we'd call a convert. She was the first addition to the church in Philippi, and she, she dealt in textiles and uh, purple cloth. The second was a slave girl who made her owners a lot of money because she would tell fortunes. And so uh, when, when she was, uh, when, when she was uh, converted, what's the word? Yeah, converted. Paul, uh, Paul and Silas, because the, her owners had lost a lot of money, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. They were thrown in jail. And then um, the third convert was actually a jail guard. You remember the story where they're praising and the, all the chains fall off and, and the jail guard says, what, can I, what must I do to be saved? Three converts, Paul and them, but they end up in prison. Right? I once played a concert because um, I, I used, to, used to be a musician. I traveled a bit. I played in a, a, a church one Sunday night. And I did a concert, and I played all of my own uh, music. It was all adult, all, all adult music, but it was mostly songs that I had written. And afterwards, someone came up to me and went, that, that Christian rock you played there today. I said, well, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it Christian rock. I, he said, you know all that stuff was written in jail? I said, well, I wrote it. I've never been to jail, but I guess if you say so. And he said, yeah, all that Christian rock, that's all written in jail. And I was driving at home thinking, you know, his intent was to say, well, you shouldn't be singing Christian rock because I, I don't know what his line of reasoning was. But I didn't think of it at the time, but I wish I had thought of it to say, you know what, most of the New Testament, where was it written? In prison, right? Paul spent a good, Paul, most of the letters that came out of uh, uh came from Paul were in prison, were written when he was in prison, simply because he had the time to sit and write letters. And so Paul, uh, we read later, I want to, um, I want to get, we're going to read a, a verse in a second. Stick your, uh, stick your finger in, uh, where is it? Romans, we're going to go to Romans just very quickly. Romans 1.16, and I love this. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You see, Paul here, if I was thrown in prison, if I felt like the Holy Spirit had directed me to go somewhere and uh, somewhere that wasn't where I wanted to go, where I felt like I could have a, a big impact, but the Holy Spirit asked me to go somewhere where I was thrown in jail, I'd probably get a little grumpy. I don't know about you, but it might make me a little grumpy. But do you know what Paul, in another verse there in Romans, talks about how he, um, talks about how he is in chains for Christ. I am in chains for Christ. If, 
uh, many of us, if we are thrown in prison because of the situation of Paul, we might be tempted to say, well, I was, I was on mission for God and then I got thrown in jail. But Paul here recognizes that he's a tool for God, to be used by God, and he is thrown in prison. He says, I am in chains for Christ. So when we read Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is yet again writing this from a Roman jail. Back to the church he planted in, in Philippi. He's writing this. And so the context here is this is Paul saying, uh, I have learned to be content. I have, literally, he has mastered his thought life to the point where he can, uh, he can look at the situations that he is facing and he can look at it and be content, which is very difficult for many of us to do. It's very difficult for me to do, I will admit to you. And um, in our day, our thoughts and minds, I want to just contend that in our, in our day, our thoughts and minds are a battleground. Don't you think? Do you ever feel yourself fighting a battle in your mind? Our thoughts and our, our, our minds, our emotions, they can be a battleground. Now, I want to say something. I firmly believe, okay, that um, mental illness is not to be taken lightly. I believe that... Uh, Counselors, I believe that medications are tools that God uses to bring health to people. Don't ever want you to think that that's, I'm saying that that's not uh, important because I, des I definitely believe it is. But I think that our minds are a battleground. And I think, because of Scripture, I think that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I think that now more than ever we are facing discouragement. Over the past year, have you felt yourself be discouraged at all? Anyone? Diminishment. What I mean by that is, is uh, a lie that you tell yourself or the enemy will tell you that says that you are no good, that you are diminished as a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. That is a, that is a, a weapon in the battleground of our minds. Discontentment, as Paul talks about. I would say that another one, uh, another thing that many believers are wrestling with is fear. Cynicism. Self-importance. There's a temptation to, to uh, give in to disunity. Confusion. Sometimes we can feel like victims. There's a, there's a study that our small groups are doing called Get Out of Your Head, and some of them, what I've, I'm taking, uh, I'm looking at here, I'm taking from that study because a uh, few of our groups are doing it. And it talks about, uh, the word she uses, and I like it, is, is a spiral. Sometimes in our minds we can, uh, in the battleground of our minds, a thought will come and we will entertain it. And so what will happen is that will cause us to spiral. You see how easy it could have been for Paul to, to fall tr into that trap where I, I, I gave so much, I did the right things, I obeyed God, and now I'm in prison. Could have spiled very easily. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And a lot of times, if we were honest with ourselves, we fall prey to that. 
something very simple could happen to us. And and before long, we believe that we're no good. We believe that God God might love us, but he doesn't love us as much as he loves the other person. That, uh, you know, I'm uh, very fearful. In our own small group, while we were discussing some of these things uh, in the Deer Lake group, uh, a couple people were saying, you know what? I've even believed the lie that God can do it. God can heal. God can provide. The promises of God are real, but they're just not for me. We can allow ourselves to believe things that aren't true. We can spiral. You see how our minds can become a battleground. And so Paul here says, uh, he says, I can do all things by the power of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want to tell you this morning, we are not helpless and we are not victims to our minds. We're, we're not. First uh, Corinthians 2.16. If you would read that with me. We're going to start at verse 15. It says, The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Then he says this, But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. The Spirit at work within us... um, Uh, is able to, to, uh, when we begin to fixate on things that cause us to spiral, the spirit within us is able to give us the mind of Christ, to help us see truth. And so I I think that's very important for us to understand. The first thing, we're able to to know truth. That the things that you, uh, that happen in your mind, the the things, the, the battleground and some of the arrows that the enemy might, might be, uh, might be sending your way. I want you to know they're not truth, but God has given us the ability through his spirit to have the mind of Christ, okay? Second verse I want you to look at is Romans 12, 2. And again, this is Paul. This is the same guy who um, was talking about this. He's got another verse about your mind, Romans 12 and 2. says, therefore, uh, verse 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. You see, Paul here understands that when we have truth and when we fixate, when we, we play the truth in our head, uh, we're able to actually renew our minds. And modern science is, has told us that. I'm not a scientist, I'm not a neurologist, but um, that our minds are incredibly, um, have an, an incredible ability to adapt and to build neural pathways, neural connections. And so Paul here understands that the more you think about truth, the more your mind is renewed. And that, that's a transforming thing. If we're able to change our thoughts, we're, it, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a transforming thing. There's also another verse that I want us to read very quickly. 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 
says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Can you hear those arguments in your head? Can you hear those false thoughts, the things that are not, not truth? Um, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want to tell you today that when your thoughts, we talked last week about rest and uh, kind of a physical and spiritual rest, but sometimes, and I, I made a statement that uh, worry and sometimes what goes on in our head can actually wear us out more than a hard day's work. And so when these thoughts come into our heads, these negative thoughts that are not true, Paul tells us that we need to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. How do we make them obedient to Christ? It doesn't, it doesn't work if, we, um, if we, we dwell on that thought and try to wrestle it to the ground. What we have to do is, is immediately allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to show us that that thought is not true. Then we take it captive. I can almost picture myself in my head sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing this, like grabbing it around the throat. I know it sounds weird. But you, you take it captive and you make that thought obedient to Christ. You look at that and you, you, you say, you say, I, I'm, whatever it is that you may be tempted to fear or to worry or you may feel diminished or worthless or, or uh, you may be discouraged or, or the enemy might, might want to bring disunity, but you, you recognize that and you don't play around with it. You take it captive right away. And then what do you do? You replace it with truth. And what's the truth? Right here. I know it almost sounds like an oversimplification. But the truth of the matter is that our minds and our emotions are a battleground. And for us to, uh, I, I believe that, that any time an arrow comes in, we need to take that captive. We need to, to make that thought obedient to Christ by replacing it with the truth of God's word. Sometimes you might need to be with another person who, who, who loves you and cares about you, and you might need to say it out in the open to, to expose whatever it is that you're, you're thinking and whatever it is that's causing you to kind of spiral. But I, you know what? I feel that if we were to take this seriously, if we were to look at it and go, yes, these are God's promises, this is God's truth, and it is for me. Then I think a lot of this, the, the, the battle that takes place in our mind could be won through the power of Jesus Christ walking in his truth. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, I want this to be very practical. Because here's Paul in prison. Here's Paul saying, I got one more verse for you. Turn to Philippians 1.13. And this is the verse I mentioned earlier, but. Philippians 1.13 says this. 
Well, we'll start at 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. If Paul fixated on his outward circumstances, if Paul fixated on the chains around his, his, uh, his feet and around his, uh, his wrists, Paul would not be able to say, I am content. Paul would not be able to look at the Philippian church and say, I am in chains for Christ. Paul refused to fixate on the outward circumstances, but Paul kept his eyes squarely on who? Jesus Christ. He fixated on the truth of God. He had the mind of Christ. He allowed uh, his mind to be renewed because of the truth that, uh, that he knew. So today, like I said, I, I, this is probably not the most philosophical. It's probably not the, most, uh, not the deepest sermon you've ever heard. But I want to tell you something. That, um, and I will say it again, our minds are a battleground. But we are not victims simply because of the truth of God's word, simply because Paul tells us that we can take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, and we can do it all through the power that God gives us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? We're going to pray, and I am going to, before we go, I'm, I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray that the truth of God's word and the spirit that lives within us would give us the mind of Christ. So that when thoughts enter and thoughts come in that uh, are not truth, and you know what's tricky sometimes is the thoughts that we, the enemy uses to trip us up sound an awful lot like truth. They're almost there, but there's that one little bit that's, that's not true. We need the Spirit at all times to keep us aware and to help us see the truth uh, and to give us the mind of Christ. So I'm going to pray that the Spirit that lives within us would, uh, would give us the mind of Christ. So Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for the worship team and for Gordon and his willingness to serve. Thank you for your presence that was here among us while we worshiped. Thank you for your presence that is, continues to be among us. And Lord, I pray that uh, my brothers and sisters, my friends in this room right now would know that the spirit that lives within them, I pray it would give them the mind of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the uh, ability to recognize um, when thoughts or uh, things come into our mind, the enemy's arrows would... would uh, would come at us, we would recognize the um, untruth that exists in them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to go to your word and to rely upon your spirit to, to find the truth and to have the mind of Christ so that there are thoughts and our emotions in this trying, difficult time would not spiral out of control, but Lord, we would be in submission to, 
to your word, and we would have the mind of Christ. We would know your truth. So, Lord, we just ask that uh, you would help us to take captive every thought and bring it into obedience to Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we love you. I pray a blessing over my friends today as we go. And for those who couldn't be here today, and I ask that you would, um, you would um, make your presence very real to each and every one of us this week. We ask in your name. Amen.